0: Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills Preview Podcast, here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. We're on the heels of a devastating loss to perennial foe New England this past Sunday, but we're going to bounce back at home against the Minnesota Vikings. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, the president of the Chicago Bills backers, Sujit, is with us. What up, everybody? And we are without the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton, but instead, or I shouldn't say instead, but uh, also tonight, um, we're not replacing her with with him, but uh, uh, Buffalo Bill Belcher is here. So say hi, Bill. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? So I I wasn't with you guys uh, for the Pats game. I was uh, a time zone away. Um, Probably a good thing. Suja, I understand that uh, you had a little dust up at the bar. We'll touch on all those things and more. Billsandbeers.com, best way to find us. Subscribe on iTunes, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how to find us. We're going to talk about that New England loss. We're going to talk about the Vikings. Let's not waste any more time and get into it now. Say you will. Shout it right now, baby. Say you will. Come on, come on. Say you will. Come on and shout. So as I said before, I was not able to join you, so I missed all of the hijinks that ensued at the bar, but uh, based on the limited information I've received thus far, it involves some college girls and uh, the staff having to remove them from Sujit's presence. So, Sujit, why don't, you, uh, why don't you fill us all in as to exactly what happened, exactly where your Patriot loss rage took you on Sunday, what kind of deep, dark place you found yourself
1: all right well so there's a first few things that i want to say and that is that if you're at a bills bar and the bills are on the verge of another crushing defeat to the patriots do not cheer for the dolphins and the jets on the opposite (laughs) screen that's what this was over I mean, that is, okay, that is really annoying, and it it's, all
0: it always pisses us off. But it's that's... just,
1: if there's no, you're just, you're poking the beast, and now, granted, I'm not proud of the things that I may have said to these 20-somethings, um, however, they were there with Bills fans, and they were trying to justify the fact that they were there with Bills fans, and I said, well, then, you need to get better Bills fans, because <laughs> real Bills fans would not let you sit there and cheer for the other AFC East teams, and I understand that they're Chicago fans, uh, they're Bears fans, and they're trying to make the argument that they're, well, we're in Chicago, and I just, you know, no, you're not. You're not. when d- During those three hours at our Bills Bar, you're not in Chicago. See, I was envisioning, like, a girl with a side ponytail
0: and, like, some flat-brimmed swag, maybe wearing some some eye black, who would clearly just been handed her college diploma within the last six months, saying things like, Go, Tom! and things like that, even though it's probably only the fifth or sixth Patriots game she'd ever seen. That's what I was envisioning. Instead, you, you, you went off on some girls who <laughs> yeah. were just cheering
1: at a random game. <laughs> so, there was, I was all set to leave the bar with eight minutes left, and... Then the Bills started making that last comeback drive and scored a touchdown. The guy behind me says, "It's not over." So I'm like, "All right, let me take my medicine and watch this." And those that's guys,
0: when the rage continued. Yeah, that would have been a good time to leave. Yeah, like, Those guys are
1: a hoot behind us.
2: Yeah. By the way, they're like, you know, middle middle-aged guys and Oh, I just, love those guys. Oh yeah. they have great. They they
1: can't wait to high five. Yeah, they're they're super excited. It's going to be us and like Well, it's going to be me in like two years, Yeah, but it's going to be you guys in like six. Um, (laughs) Well, so let's let's talk about the game. Um, Do we have to? Yeah, we do. Uh,
0: So, Bill, you had said in your worst case scenario, a score, and I followed up with, oh, so like always just out of reach? And you said no. But as I listened to last week's podcast, that phrase, always just out of reach, kept bouncing around in my head. And I kept thinking, oh, God. I hope this isn't one of those Patriots games where it always feels like we're just out of reach, and that's that's exactly what
2: we got on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think on Buffalo Rumblings or wherever it was, like uh, I think it was Gallifer was we were walking out of the game, and he's like, his comment was, "It feels like we've been watching the same Bills Patriots game on a continuous loop yeah. for the past fourteen years."
0: Well, that that touchdown to Richard, time or Tim. I didn't know if his name is Richard. Most of the New England fans had never heard of the guy either. I mean, that was classic. And it was an okay throw, an amazing play that he made in coverage. I mean, that is just classic Bills' folly when we play this goddamn team. It's always some no name guy who makes a huge play. And in a game that we could have had a six pick, a pick six from Nikel Roby, in a game where we lost the turnover battle three to nothing, that was still close, plays like that are always the difference.
1: But you know what? I know you say it was just out of reach, but I kind of feel like, to me, it never felt like it was just out of reach. To me, it felt like it was a mile away. Because to me, when we're playing the Patriots, if it's anything more than a score, it feels like it's going to be a mile away. Yeah, I don't think I ever—I I wasn't that upset over the loss. I never
2: felt like we were going to win the game.
0: And I think that's because we forced zero turnovers. I think right. that so long as as—every time Tom Brady dropped back to pass and wasn't either sacked or didn't— fumble, or throw an interception, I think that it just kind of compounded that we are not going to win this game because they're playing, like, the 2007 New England Patriots. I mean, they hung 37 points on us, for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, but I think that, you know, I think that up until the second half, it wasn't their offense being lights out. It was us giving them the ball. I mean, God, they scored, what? 13. 13 points within a few minutes. All in the first half. And thank
0: you. Okay, okay, all right, you know what? This is a great opportunity. We're going to because there's so many to choose from. Actually, there's a couple, but they're really bad. Jenny Creamell's bummer of the week. I'm going to go first. Thank you CJ Spiller for just giving them 3 points. Yep. I mean, granted they got a quick pass to the outside, but you knew they were going to do that. I mean, they only had to pick up 6 yards. Tom Brady can pick up 6 yards in his sleep, but he fumbled the ball. And how many times have we seen horrible situational football from CJ Spiller? Particularly at the end of halves, running out of bounds, doing dumb, a great, beautiful 15 yard run,
1: awesome. Fumbled the ball. They get three more points. And that's the time that he decides to go and try and get more yardage. Not when he's running up the middle to try and squeak a couple more yards. No, then.
0: Or the he's... time when he doesn't run out of bounds. He right. runs out of bounds when we're trying to milk the clock all the time. The one time we needed him to stop the clock so we could run a few more plays and get us into field goal range, he keeps it in
1: bounds. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, his performance the past two weeks. Really, all season has just been abysmal. Now, are you still beating the we only need to get C.J. Spiller in space
0: argument? Or, 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 have you finally allowed that ship to sail? Because I could have this argument all day.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen C.J. in space all, all season. I haven't seen him catch a pass out of the backfield. I, haven't, I mean, other than a screen, which I don't really think counts. Um, I haven't seen him in the slot as a slot receiver. I would much rather see him as a slot receiver than, you know, some of our other people that we've had in the past, like Roscoe Parrish or whatever. But I actually feel like he could be a threat over the middle. Um, but then again, based on his ability to hold onto the ball, I'm not so sure anymore. But anyway, all I know is that when he was in space was when he did well. Um, now granted that he wasn't in space for a very long time. It was just that one year with Chan Gailey, but, Uh, So I don't know. I don't know if he would do well. I just know that when he did do well, he was getting the ball in space.
0: Well, this could be the Defend CJ Spiller podcast, but we don't have to let it turn into that. So, Bill, we'll come to you. Who was your Jenny Cremale bummer of Sunday's game?
2: Uh, I'm going to flip the script on that a little bit. I'm going to go with Nate Hackett.
0: Oh, so you do want to have this argument? I do want to have the argument. Absolutely.
2: Because I think right now if you substituted Chan Gailey for Nathaniel Hackett, that we would be an unbelievable team. Okay, except
0: that's not a reality, and that and, <laughs> I'm and, just saying and because Chan no, Gailey is take great. The same,
2: you take the same personnel, Chan,
0: okay? But because Chan Gailey is great, including Spiller, does not mean Nathaniel Hackett is bad.
2: Well, so here's my issue: is that I mean he's not he's not as good as other potential coordinators that we could have. He's also not the worst. He's he
1: is a problem. Uh, so I, you know, I, I've I've defended Hackett. Uh, at times, and I thought that last year was justifiable considering the ridiculous quarterback carousel that he had and trying to manage being a quarterback's coach and all that other stuff. But he's not a quarterback's coach anymore. He, that's all taken care of. He's not even a forward scouting person anymore because there's that offensive... Uh, Quality host- control. Or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so all he has to do is draw plays that maximize the talent on our team. And there's no question that there's a lot of talent on our team. You should not be running CJ Spiller up the middle two plays in a row on first and second down. What has ha- okay, what, what this then, season then, what did this season has told Hackett that that is a good idea? That is a good use of CJ Spiller. Then I will
0: then I will counter with this. Fine. If we want to criticize him for that fine then get cj spiller out of the game because the game plan is to run the ball up the middle where the holes exist oh i,
1: I i'm fine with See, I dixon think... doing it i'm fine with fred jackson doing it i'm not okay with cj spiller doing it except he... cj spiller can't be a one-dimensional he can't be a one-dimensional attack he can't be a guy who only But he is one-dimensional that's the thing he he can only do one thing he can only then run you conceded when conceded that he's not an nfl running back yeah yeah Great. I, I don't think he's a no. I, I don't think he's an all-purpose back. I, I completely agree with you there. I don't think he's an all-purpose back. I but think he he's a can't good, run up the middle. That is a critical part of being a, <laughs> being a, a running back. Back. back, right? No, I know. So well, so I mean, what is
2: Reggie Bush?
1: Reggie Bush is just as bad.
2: Okay. Reggie right. Bush has had but just, just used... as if
0: not more of a disappointing career than C.J. Spiller. No, but no you've I, been
2: it, but uh, you know they're able to use him though.
0: Are they? Because he had a couple really good games last year. He hasn't done diddly shit this year. He Bounced. There's a reason this. He's on his third team. Yeah. I mean, he's not. The,
2: the Sproles look alike, who's an uh, undrafted free agent out okay. of the University Except of Buffalo. Just like
1: but, Sproles, but he can run up the middle.
0: He can run up the middle, and the one thing CJ cannot do is change his pace and set up his blocks and use his blockers. Darren Sproles is ridiculously good at that, and so is Brandon Oliver. I'm talking about like, yeah. hedging guys to the outside, then cutting back inside real fast because they've been set up to get now get taken out by the offensive player that
1: he knows is going to be there. And you know, for someone that that operates with his speed, he doesn't see holes quickly. You know, there's times when I've seen wide open holes and he pauses for a minute and looks at them, and then by the time he breaks for them, they're closed again. So I no, I I agree with you in terms of an all around NFL back. He doesn't cut the mustard. I just think that he's on our team, he has talent in some ways, so use the talent that he has. You know, don't, I mean, if you're going to put him in the game at all, I'm fine with not putting him in the game at all. If you just want to be a power run team, then don't put him in the game or have him there as, you know, a situational fifth uh, wide receiver or something like that. Well, now, Barone came out and said they'll do anything to fix the running
0: game, and Obviously they will, because we're supposed to be a run-first team, and we haven't run for 100 yards in the last three weeks now. And I will say that the the other reason that I get defensive about, Bill, you saying, well, Nathaniel Hackett, okay, fine, our run game sucks right now. Our pass game, not so much. I feel like you also got defensive
2: about... Jeron. Uh, I usually get defensive yeah, about coaches. About coaches in Beca- general, uh, because <laughs> you're really not going to like my. Like, Wanstatt, like you didn't like that are you like you were defending Wanstad. No, I was being, not. Oh yeah, no, I was not. Oh yeah, no,
0: no I was not. Anyways, no. Let's get on no, to. No, my, no, I was not. My, just to make no, uh, Lars matter. <laughs> no, but that, to that point, no. I defend coaches because it's clear that more often than not, we're not executing the way that. I mean, you can't fault the play call when guys aren't executing it.
2: Well, sure, yeah. but if like they're having trouble executing it, then you need to change what you're calling. I don't, I don't disagree with that, which is why I say get CJ Spiller out of the game. Now, unfortunately,
0: as I was saying, only half of what Hackett is calling isn't working. The pass game is working fine. I understand we haven't thrown screens to Sammy Watkins. It would be nice to work that in. But if Scott Chandler would have turned his head, put his hands up, and we would have converted that last fourth down... Kyle Orton would be 2 for 2 in 300 yard games, something that EJ Manuel was unable to do in 14 attempts. So you can't tell me that the entire offense is broke. The run offense right now is broke, but I don't think that makes Nathaniel Hackett broke.
1: Yeah, it's just it's really hard to maintain a proper passing offense if you Especially don't have Especially when you're supposed to be if a, run, you don't first have a run first team, right? Or if you don't have a, a a proper run defense or sorry, run offense. But my issue with the passing game, I don't have a problem with it, but I just feel like they don't. I. I don't know. I. don't. I don't know if it's the there's chicken or no the egg rhythm, because there's, there's no, no rhythm. There, whatsoever. But that's because there's no protection. I mean, there's no. I it, mean, we saw in the all 22 offensive lines though, and had more, more offensive production have we, though. The past. We, this this has been.
2: This has been.
0: We're we're now back to like 2008 levels. Dude, of offensive line.
1: Well, so I don't know. I think that with Chan Gailey, there's a potential that our offensive line was worse because Fitz exclusively made three step drops. Yeah, we're we are trying to get five and even seven step drops, especially that one horrible seven step drop where Orton was like a deer in the headlights. Or oh, with the, 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 the line back up, right yeah. up the middle, yeah. Um, I mean, move to the left or right, man. Just like do something. Yeah, but that was, um, but yeah, or I, just throw I, it off the guy's face mask. I mean, right, anything. do something. But um, but I think that you know, again, that's a matter so he can of get the stuck personnel in his that face he,
2: mask, and he runs back for which pick six. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> which absolutely would have happened.
1: But that's, I mean, it gets to the point of of play, play, run the plays that we have personnel for. We see teams running quick slants on us left and right. The first play from scrimmage was, you know, an Except in route to Rob Gronkowski. This, the next play to Rob Gronkowski was a a, a quick slant up the, uh, you know, right over the middle. And I mean, we people are running them on us all the time. Why can't we ever run them on someone else? Uh, can I, you want
0: wait, yes. wait me to answer yes. that question? If you watch the defenses line up against us, the defense, the defense is forcing us into a, a play style. There are. Nine to ten players within six yards of the line of scrimmage every time we line up. So why don't we run quick slants? Because there's no room because the the cornerbacks are right there. There's no cushion on our guys. Now sometimes they'll drop off into cushion. Well, but I
1: mean Revis Revis was playing off of Sammy Watkins for the majority was,
0: of the game. He was up on him in pre-snap every time.
1: Not every time. No, there's I mean there's there's examples from the all twenty-two where you see several times when, when he's well off of Sammy Watkins just kind of respecting his deep threat. My
0: point is, however...
1: I, I, I see what you're saying, because they think we're a run-first we team. Because we don't execute. Well, right, and also because we say we're a run-first team, and we sure, certainly try to run quite a bit. So by defending... The, I mean, with EJ, it was a perfect defensive plan, because you can take away the short pass, which is the only one he throws, and you can take away the run by just putting all your guys on the line. But, you know, if then, then what needs to happen is you need to wait for one of them to be bumping... Marquise Goodwin or Sammy Watkins or Robert Woods, and we need to have be throwing go routes. Even if they don't connect, they at least then have to t- back off the line a little. Bit. Well,
0: if you read the all twenty twos, then you saw that they there were some opportunities to go, and Orton just missed them.
1: Well, yeah, he wasn't even looking at them. you know. So, but that you know, I, I think that you have to go through your progression, and if the go route is the fourth option, um, like like for example, that the one that one on the WGRs all twenty two, they showed Sammy Watkins was wide. You know, wide he, he was he had beat Revis, the safety had not come over yet. But it was very clear that Chandler was much higher up on the on the on the progressions there because yeah, but, it was, Chandler okay. wasn't uh, perfectly no, open I think like Sammy was actually like, the first look it looked like No no no, no he, then, didn't even, he didn't hey, even look very, very quickly
2: went off of him I'm he not I'm look. not
1: saying you're wrong because he the past the past that was completed was actually to Chandler and, it was, game, and it was a good game and all with the left a yeah. left hand left catch Well that uh, And it actually yeah. would have been an easier throw to throw to Sammy right. Right. Yeah.
0: you know but but here's the thing Orton likes that pass he likes that seam pass up to his tight end he likes to throw that pass so when you say like well it's not in his progressions i'm not necessarily saying you're wrong but history has shown that like that's kind of where he would rather throw the ball
1: yeah but to me it's a, uh the one thing i've seen with orton is that he definitely stares at his receivers and i feel like if sammy was the primary receiver he would have been staring at him a hell of a lot more than <laughs> than, than the the maybe the possible glance that funny? he gave him
2: you know what's funny we're talking about kyle orton right now like Kyle Orton's our quarter, our starting quarterback, and he's been the best quarterback we've <laughs> had since Fitz. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, who is since, your Jenny Criminal Bummer Fitz. of the week?
1: All right. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. Since, who else are you comparing him against... I mean, <laughs> he's yeah, he's better than everyone. Fitz and I'm
0: on record saying Fitz is the best quarterback we've had since Kelly.
1: So. Right. Yeah. No, I'm gonna go with Doug Flutie. I'm going with Flutie. Okay. I'm not okay. gonna argue. Anyways, let's. Uh, yeah. So see. just to anger Lars more, I'm gonna pick another coach, and I am going to definitely pick. Doug Marone, Maroney, whatever his name is, Baloney. Um, I have supported Marone. I've kind of liked his attitude of making us a tougher team and making us, um, you know, more liable and and calling out players and whatever. But the fact is, this guy is supposed to be an offensive line expert, and the fact is, our offensive line is horrible. Uh, you know, he needed to put his neck out there and say that the offensive line players that he currently has are not good enough he shouldn't have said that chris williams was good enough because even if chris williams was healthy he wasn't that great we have we have no line and and they're not getting better yet if they get better by the end of the year i'll take back these words but the reason that this team is failing in my opinion is because of our offensive line i think that if orton has a ton of time we then he the pass game could be prolific i think that if they're opening up big holes, our guards are opening up big holes. I think that our run game could be prolific. But the fact is is that Marone has a responsibility and it's to tell Hackett to call the right plays with the right personnel and it's to fix the offensive line. And he hasn't done any of those two things. Well
0: we we're actually pretty far deep into this segment and we have identified three Jenny Cremales without naming Kyle Orton, who was responsible for two very costly turnovers. And without naming Duke Williams or anybody in our secondary for that matter, when arguably those – Kyle Orton and our secondary is what costs us the game. Those turnovers and very poor play downfield. I said it earlier, I think before we went live, I lost my shit in that second-to-last drive where they scored. eventually scored the touchdown and they converted the third and 16. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how you give up third and 16 in that situation. I don't know if
1: that was a bad play call, or if they should have been more blitzes, or what happened. But if... I think I think our defense lost it by the end of the game. I think they they were they were Did tired. They check out? I mean, they don't... were. I think they were just completely checked out. Not checked out, but I think they were just exhausted. Um, if you look at actually, I think this was this was the touchdown pass to Gronk. This was at the end. Duke Williams, who I agree with you, played like hell. Um, he barely even ran after Gronk. He was the covering safety, and Gronk was the only person that went deep. And you, you see it on the All-22, actually. I think they made a comment out of, uh, on it about, hey, Duke, yeah, next maybe time maybe run. run. Yeah. 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 So he just he kind of jogged over. He's the only safety there. And Gronk was the only person running deep. And he didn't even really make an effort at it. He ran after him after he'd already passed him. So I think they were gassed. But <laughs> yeah, that awesome, I think that, awesome uh, pass interference. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: which, that pass if he, interference. If, if he would have just put his hands up, would have hit him in the back of the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even have to turn around and make a play at the ball. He could have had a pass defended stat yeah. on it.
1: I mean, I mean, who just pushes people? You can't just like do nothing. Yeah, I don't but know. Push a person. Why, to the did he th- Why did who's
2: who's more uh, in over his head? Duke Williams or Nathaniel Hackett? Duke Williams by far.
0: Yeah. Duke, Duke Williams I think, is, is. I think at
1: least Nathaniel Hackett like has good plays, even if he doesn't know to call <laughs> the right ones for the right personnel. Like I like his plays when they work. So that indicates that the plays are actually you know intelligent. The gadget, the gadget it's, plays like Mike Mularkey.
2: Well, it's, no. I mean, the double screen seen... wide re- wide receiver throw yeah. reverse. Yeah, because that's the only thing that he uses to try to throw off the defense.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, but their their model is like a uh, old school Pittsburgh offense, right? Where you just run with Jerome yeah. Bettis. And, and
2: I've been saying this for
0: a long time now that we should be activating Bryce Brown. No, that <laughs> w- one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is the fact that. It was reported after the draft that the Bills were aggressively trying to move up in the second round to draft
2: Carlos Hyde. And that guy, by the way, I mean, I was watching him play uh whatever this past week. Who were they playing against? The Niners? I don't remember. He did not play well. No? No.
1: So maybe
0: good thing we didn't get him. Yeah. At least uh, I pr- mean, least I don't think I... that
1: we need Carlos Hyde. I think that we have a stable of running backs all of which are Dude, talented. If we had Carlos Hyde, if we had that guy, that
2: is undrafted free agent uh, from, the, from the University of Buffalo, Brandon Oliver. We w- it was not like we would do anything with him. We would ruin this fucking career. That is not true. It's true, man. No, it's it's not. true. Buffalo is the place where all player, all good players go to die. Like Frank Jackson. <laughs> yeah, like Kyle Williams. We well, take any like talent. We take any talent
1: you have, and we just squash it. We squander oh, I squander mean, it. I think, like, like Nigel Bradham, we take we take people who are situational players and we ruin them because we try to put them in places where they don't belong. The only coach that's ever taken at least offensive players and put them in the best positions has been Chan Gailey. All right. Well, we need yes. to move
0: on to Labatt Blue MVP of Sunday's game. Suge, we'll stick with you. Can you mm-hmm. even name a most valuable player for
1: this team? I am gonna go with. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going with Chandler. Okay the guy stood up and now granted the whole game plan based on Marone's press conference, the whole game plan was based on exploiting our tight ends. That's why they had three of them in there rather than Mike Williams, which hopefully we'll get to it sometime later. but they had three tight ends and Chandler was gonna be the featured guy and he stood up and, and and played when when his number was called. He had the first, 100-yard receiving game for a Bills tight end and since, what, like, 90? 90, 92. 92. And that was an astonishing stat. Also, that it took us six games to get a rushing touchdown that wasn't by a quarterback? It's because we... And when we were in the red zone trying to run it, we don't have an offensive line, thanks, Marone. Um, and so we couldn't... We can't run up... Except... Except, I will say, we have... No, their conver- technique is We really have good, converted though. to... Um, <laughs> Two two point conversions, you know? So one that, of which that, was Freddie right up the middle. But God, the one to Woods on
0: Sunday was I yeah. mean, could you could you have picked a harder throw to make? And also But he tu- made the throw The touchdown know? before it to Hogan? <laughs> Woods Woods was Woods was wide open in yeah. the shadow of the goalpost. There was nobody anywhere near him and he I don't know what was Bill, coming to you, Labatt Blue MVP of the week. Can you name somebody not named Scott Chandler? <laughs>
2: Something that went well? Oh god. Uh I feel really lucky that I got to go first. I'll go. I'll,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give mine to Nigel Bradham. Um, the guy what? plays hard. Yeah. He had a hit. There was an unbelievable bang-bang. It was a slant to Gronk. Yeah.
2: He, he hit him hard. He
0: hit him real hard. But Gronk just
2: got I mean, but right a, yeah. yeah, he's
0: a fucking superhuman. And I'm saying that 85% of receivers, tight ends, running backs, fullbacks, doesn't matter who, catching that pass in the NFL, Bradham's going to knock that one loose. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, that was that was a heck of a hit, and he he brings it on every play, and he's having himself one hell of a season.
1: Oh, uh, I thought all the Bills did was go after Gronk's knees. I thought that was the only thing. Oh, that, for uh, God's sakes! I mean, how know. do
0: you how do you expect a five nine hundred eighty five pound DB to tackle a guy who's six seven and, and giving up one hundred eighty pounds? And on I you? mean,
1: how can you even make a statement like that when they were going after Chandler's knees? The whole game and World. it wasn't they weren't going after his knees he's just a big player that's how you take them and down. that's how you take them down there's nothing wrong with that i mean just i mean what's that guy's skip bayless what a freaking waste of space and you know in in the
0: bills the bills v patriots you know you know the back and forth some very questionable officiating in this game but to pin like any kind of like questionable play or like anything on the bills in the Bills-Patriots series, like, that's what we're going to point to for things, like, beyond the score, beyond the stat sheet that, like, maybe we should be raising an eyebrow at. It was trying to tackle Gronkowski low.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. However, maybe the fact that we've knocked out a major player every week has started to catch on. And two last week. <laughs> yeah, and two last <laughs> week. Uh, maybe people are starting to notice that. And I will say one thing. I got a new conspiracy theory for all of y'all. Who was the offensive coordinator when Bounty Gate was going on? It was defensive coordinator. And it was no, no, no. Greg Who was Williams. the offensive coordinator at that Sean Payton. Time? No. No, Sean Payton was a coach, right? Yeah. Was it Marone?
0: No. No, I think no, it was Marone a year or two at- after. A- oh.
1: Two I'm just saying. He was around somewhere where maybe there was a Bounty Gate. Now he's a Buffalo head coach, and we're taking out people left and right. <laughs> we are
0: taking out people left and right. Which we never did before. <laughs> we're doing it. Well, Weekly,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, I was gonna say something about injuries, it's a that conspiracy, I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to jinx anything, but no, uh, don't say it.
1: Don't even say it. We you all know who, who my bad blue say.
2: player of the week was. Who Tom Brady? Oh, Lord help me. Guy. If Cassie was here, he's right good, now, man. She'd cut off your nuts. Yeah, Cassie would be going, fucking you know what? Right yeah, now. I don't care. Like, I'm tired. It's like, whatever. He played a great game, guy, guy, guy beat us again. Well, uh, on that somber note... That uh, is the most... Disgusting. We, will, we uh, have you
1: to pick another... We like need, no, we need to now. get up.
2: I don't want to talk about this game
0: anymore. It, yeah. I, I was having a wonderful vacation. I was cranky yeah. for
2: the next couple hours. Let's talk about the Vikings, which uh, our team is probably just as fucked up as the Buffalo Bills. Oh, they're way more fucked up than us,
0: and I think we're going to kill them, so let's <laughs> so, get <okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds like a definite well, loss for us, for us, then. <laughs> now, I don't
2: care what you dress like. Please make sure, baby, you've got some colors in there. So uh, we just decided that we don't know what we're going to talk about, so we're just pressed record and we're going to start talking. And so, most importantly, um, we would like we're going to gonna discuss talk about the, Vikings, continents. the continents. Are there five or seven? Where did the Vikings come from? And did you know that Greenland is actually a part of North America? So here's the thing about Vikings.
0: As, as somebody who... Uh, has an ancestry directly related to the Vikings, since everybody from my family is from Sweden. I, 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 in some, I, I, in some way, shape, or form, and yeah, and all the Y'all got Swedish. some great
1: healthcare and benefits over there in Sweden. Yeah, cradle to grave, baby. Mm-hmm. Women too.
2: Yep.
0: Um, is, women hotter
2: in Norway or Sweden? It's a push. It's definitely a push. Push. Should pushing you the stool. But I think <laughs> I, I actually I actually
0: think that the. Um, One factor that should not be overlooked that may not actually come through in a magazine is that like Canadian women, uh, Nordic women also tend to just be like really cool. Like, kind of like Irish women. Nice. So, like, they have the good looks, but, like, they're also just, like, a lot of fun to be around. But That's
1: not great. not as cool or good-looking as Carrie Belcher. I'm just going to say true. That. That's 100%. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. But, but,
0: Suj, I don't think that you
1: would describe Indian women as laid back, would you? No, I can't stand Indian women. <laughs> ah! Let me just take a moment to tell y'all. Damn it! The reason my wife, who's half Indian, and I got together is that we both hate Indians. <laughs> but all your my friends are Indians. My whole family hates Indians. <laughs> I know, but we only like the Indians that hate other Indians. But why do Indian You, you guys do roll pretty tight. No, but yeah, that's the thing. So the, I got banned from the Indian Student Association in college because I wouldn't go <laughs> to all their, like, Bangara blowout events. And I was like, you know, I'm just going out for a beer. I'm going out, like, to the bars or whatever. And you ever notice, once a bar gets taken over by Indian people... Everybody else goes "Oh wait, it's like cockroaches.
0: Everybody clears out.
1: Because then all the Indian people from all the cities come to that one bar, and then you can't go there because then it's an Indian bar. Right. Or, or, I like or to Devon go, Avenue. And you don't want to be start. hanging out with cab drivers all day. No. But so don't be racist, okay? I, <laughs> I mean, it's either I cab can say driver, it because I'm brown. It's either say, a cab driver,
0: doctor, or, or engineer. <laughs> right, one of the two. But no. I mean, the but, spectrum is very wide and no, very you know, empty honestly, in the middle.
1: I'll, I'm not, Obviously, this doesn't apply to all Indian people. Some of my best friends are Indian, blah, blah, blah. But I will say that at some point uh <laughs> when I was in college the the Indian student association there was yeah. very they were very exclusive. They you know they want you to hang out with them but they wouldn't want you to bring your like white like friends reverse, around yeah, to reverse, and, yeah, uh, racism. there's a lot of, movement, right? you know but you know the thing is that I think that a no lot of thing. I think a lot of Indian families are you know their the kids are like first generation, generation right. you know and the parents are a little hesitant to you know, let their kids well, go off into all of American culture and stuff like that. My would... dad was the complete opposite, but but your people done right. I mean, well, yeah, but you know, there's also a lot of judgment between, like, you know, like me and my brother and my sister all did real well in school, and we you know, yeah, we know played a little sports and stuff like that. But man, you Tennis. know, like when I no, I was. <laughs> Captain of the downhill ski team. Oh, hey
0: hate. Sorry, that other ultra white sport. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, but what I'm saying is that you know, rather than a lot of other communities where people will celebrate that and say, "Hey, look how great this person's doing," it was always just like this judgmental, like, "Oh, well, this person's doing this. Why aren't you doing this?" Or you know, not not my parents, but like you know, they'd give other kids, other parents' kids, would give them a hard time, like, "Oh, well, why can't you do this?" or you know, it was just like it was always like a you know knock a person down rather than like let's build up and be proud of our community. Well, speaking not, of certainly well, not all of being everybody, proud, but, we,
0: we 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 ventured down this road because I started to say. Now the Redskins controversy, I think, is, is that's is,
1: a different type of Indian man.
0: I know that, but that's how we got here. <laughs> no, is, we we're
2: talking about the Vikings and the Swedish. Would
0: you let me get all the way through well, my ours, point before you've decided? You Ten minutes. To I get have to not point. even gotten halfway through a sentence. I love the Indian community. The backlash against the name Redskins, I understand. Uh, I'm you know, go ahead and change the name. I it, part of me is puzzled as to why now? I mean the, the team names have been around for decades. Why are we suddenly
2: making this such a big deal? But people I, lose their jobs and don't have anything to do and then figure that they're going to go and
0: Well, we have you have the group saying like well, we're not we're not mascots. We're not mascots. It's like okay, I mean we got the Atlanta Braves, we've got the we got the Kansas City Chiefs, we've got the Cleveland Indians.
1: Yeah, They're, but all of
0: those things that are less offensive than Redskins. I know that. I know that, but the the statement was we are not mascots. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Our people are, okay. No nobody, nobody nobody takes issue with the Nordics being mascots when it comes to Vikings, you know? I mean, first off, there's no such thing in the history of all warriors of, of warriors wearing giant horned helmets. Yet, that's all people think of when they think of my people. They think of people running around in bearskins and people with long, blonde pigtails and, and very robust women. I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. nobody's thinking about
1: the Vikings when you hear Swedish or Norwich. So or They're thinking you, about the beautiful, blonde, breasty women. Did you guys hear about very Did you guys hear about a story uh,
2: in, uh, I think it was like northern Wisconsin, where there was uh, an elementary um, teacher, uh, elementary school teacher, who got in trouble? Was she hot? Or someone complained about her referring to the children as boys and girls. I heard about and this It should be gender gender neutral. Oh, okay. So now, literally, they have to use colors. Oh, like gender neutral oh, the there's colors. The, I'm sure the green and the yellow. Oh no, they need to say, yeah, the, oh, yeah. Here are the you know, you students, the green students and the yellow students. As that's, opposed to the that's boys and the
0: girls. Towards Asians.
2: <laughs> A yellow?
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: By the way, India is in Asia. For anyone that doesn't know.
0: But we are playing the Vikings this week. They have a rookie rookie quarterback that I think a lot of people would have uh, liked to have seen on the Bills roster. Their best player, Adrian Peterson, has been out. They do, however, have a sleeping giant in Cordero Patterson, who hasn't done anything since week one. Which, which... Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, quite (laughs) frankly means he's due for a breakout and it will probably come this week. Um, They're also banged up up the middle on defense, or maybe he's on offense too. This is a game we should win and this is a game we should control and win handedly. We're playing at home and it's the first
2: of Have you guys uh, it's the first Mike of, Zimmer's our coach, right?
0: Yes. It's the first of 5 consecutive winnable games we have. How are you guys feeling about
2: this stretch coming up? Uh, I I'm actually feeling good about this game because of what I heard on the radio or the TV like ESPN radio the other day and that is that like Mike Zimmer it was I think it was on Monday he made some statement in his press conference about how none of his players are listening to them, and now he has to start giving them. He's like, "Fine, I'm just gonna start giving you maximum fines." Then, like, I mean, talk about, think about if that was happening here, like in, in Buffalo. Oh, if that's like the what the situation was, we'd be like, "Oh my God, Marone has lost the locker room. None of yeah. his players have any respect for him." Well, thank God we don't have that going on.
0: Mike Zimmer, if you watched the Bengals hard knocks.
2: But was he their defensive coordinator?
0: Yeah, and he's kind of like a he. he he's like the the prototypical uh, tight-lipped defensive coordinator, in that like he kind of lets his actions do the talking. Doesn't say much. Is kind of a scary guy. He's got a very weathered face. You know, kind of looks pissed off all the time. And he struck a lot of people as like not being head coach material because he didn't seem to have that charisma or that ability to really
2: rally the troops kind rally of, the yeah. troops
0: and this news that I, I hadn't been aware of i hadn't really followed much of it today certainly reinforces that 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 pre, preconceived notion of him
1: he's now referring to the offensive players as the green players and the defensive <laughs> players as the yellow players um no i mean i think that to my overall feeling is that i don't think this stretch is as winnable as as a lot of people think it is um, I was looking at the jets spiral to you know embarrassment um, I think and, they're gonna win tomorrow and now, I by the way. I was looking at the teams really that fine. the Jets have been Patriots. playing the teams Jets have been playing a ridiculous group of, of teams like when I looked at their schedule I was like thank God that's not our schedule because I feel like the first easy game they have is against us and that's you know what week eight or something yeah. some way out there. Like they were, I mean, they played everybody difficult, and so I, I don't know. I mean, granted, they are a hot mess when it comes to a lot of things, um, but I don't know that if they're quite as bad as their as their um, win loss column shows. That's totally fair, and I
0: think you're right, but I think that when we look ahead to that game, and we'll obviously talk about it a lot more next week. Yeah. I I I, I think just just like how everybody thought the Patriots were down, and then they came out and just whipped the the Bengals. You know, people were saying, like, this is the kind of game that New England just always wins. Um, and New England does this every year. They kind of have a quiet and questionable September. Then they rattle off ten games in a row in the middle of the year. And I think they're right right now in the thick of that, or poised to do precisely that. But at the same time, this is the kind of Patriots win that the Jets seem to steal every year. The Jets just every once in a while seem to... Yeah, Just really kind of catch lightning in the bottle against the Patriots
1: and blow them out of the water. They really seem like the only AFC East team that has been able to quite regularly beat the Patriots, even when the Patriots were good. You know, I mean, like, granted, they weren't winning the majority of them, but but it was like one of those things where, you know, when Miami was sucking, everyone just assumed that the Patriots were going to destroy them. And certainly they were assuming that we would get destroyed by them, which we did. Um but the Jets was always like you know a close game or or, or if nothing else you know the Jets would win. pretty So quickly. I would not be shocked if the Jets
0: win tomorrow night. I'm certainly not picking the Jets to win. But to your point, Suge, yeah, they've gotten pretty beat up in their first half of the schedule, which doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's a it's a lock for us to beat them. However, if they're limping into that game at one and six or one and seven or whatever they'll be at that, I think one and six if they lose tomorrow night against the Patriots, then I don't think that logic applies because they're, yeah. they're just going to be, I mean, I think at that point, they'll be on a six-game losing streak.
1: Right. No, and, and I mean, getting probably more to the topic at hand, talk about Minnesota.
0: Who I, just I, dropped two really bad I games in a row.
1: I desperately am just begging Marone and the players of the Buffalo Bills, please do not do to the rest of Bills Nation what you guys did with Tampa Bay last year. Where it was not just a winnable game, but it was like, there's no way we can lose this game. Yeah. And then we went out and literally played some of the worst football I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that
0: was the worst game we played in a long
1: time. You know, and, and I just don't want them to let off the gas. You know, like I know that this loss against the Patriots hurts because they really got punched in the mouth. But I want them to rather than being like, oh, boo hoo. And I know that's like even Eric Wood has been talking a lot about the Patriots, granted, in response to questions about the Patriots. But there's been a lot of focus on how bad of a loss this was. And I just don't want that. I want them to take it out on the next team, not be thinking about it when this should be focusing on the next team.
0: Well, here's hoping. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot to say because the Bills are the Bills and the Vikings are kind of poor. So let's Vikings. get into it in uh, wild card and predictions. great episodes must come to an end and this episode is no different which means we've come up on the wild card portion of the episode the
2: wild card.
0: and we like to talk a lot about swapping out players if you could have any player if you could upgrade have the best player in the Dine nfl with some and, yeah you know go out with players do whatever you want have them date your daughter Take but, her to homecoming but in this week's episode we're gonna take go a, to Lollapalooza. We're gonna take a look at uh, some of the, the peripheral, peripheral,
2: peripheral, peripheral, yeah. peripheral,
0: people in the players' lives, and those being the uh, the close confidants of our players. And if we could swap out any of those people, who would it be and why? I'll go first because the whole, the whole. It, this is very confusing. So. Let me just give you my example <laughs> so you know where we're coming from. Or example. I, I hope you guys came up with the good ones while I've been explaining this. I would swap out Kyle Orton's barber, because he is making five million dollars, which is uh, uh, Kyle it's, Orton is a, not not his
2: barber. No I, I hope that his salary but, is better. But not Kyle Orton
0: is Kyle Orton's making roughly twenty five times as much money as I am. Uh, I'll give you a few seconds to get that joke. And uh, I probably pay twice as much for my haircuts. I don't know why he just doesn't go the high end type, but he's got that weird kind of like curled under page boy thing going on. Um, Between his hair and his facial hair, he's just never been able to get it straight. And uh, when you talk about the quarterback being the face of a franchise, ours has a really crappy head of hair. So uh, I would swap out Kyle Orton's barber. And I would swap in my hairstylist Ivana, who does an excellent job. Where does Ivana. she work? Zero One One Salon. All wow. right.
1: Now, see, my problem is that Kyle Orton's hair has no volume. He check. can't. He can't <laughs> just. You know, we just hired a new check nanny. Anyways, um, he can't just have that straight stuff going on. He got to put some sort of volume. I know it's hard underneath that helmet. But they got to find somewhere to tease that thing. He should just perm it out. That's a, or, he should or, straight up get a perm and go just tweeze Jared that Earl. thing. <gasps> oh, Lord, if he had some soul glow underneath that That beast, would be Lord, hot. That would be amazing. All right, well, no offense to anybody's mama, but if I had to swap out one person in the private lives of one of our Bills players, it's got to be Mike Williams' mama. <laughs> Mike Williams' mama is revving that boy up. She keeps talking about, well, Mike, you had like 40 catches at this point last season. You only got three now. And so then this man has to get benched theoretically, allegedly, for an actual real you know, game plan decision, that type of thing. Did you guys hear and, what he was out and, doing, by the way? And and For real reason that you know his mama was running on him. Why they ain't playing you, Mike? Oh, I guess they just don't value you, Mike. So Mike lost his mind, and took a picture of his jersey and put it up on Twitter, talking about they wasting your jersey. They wasting your jersey. So he and he. So he wrote wasted jersey. Then they're like, you need to call your agent, tell him that that ain't right. So he calls his agent and tells him, get me out of Buffalo. Get me out of Buffalo. This is crazy. Then the game happens. They lose. And all the players find out about what he did. And Sammy Watkins comes to Mike Williams like, what are you talking about? You can't leave. We need you here. Or even Robert Woods and everybody else like, what Mike, you're like a core part of our receiving core. You're the reason that we make catches. We need you here. And he's like, oh no. (laughs) What did I done? What have I done? And so now he's like, I wanna be a Buffalo Bill. Out, everybody just chill. And we were just reading the cover of Two Bills Drive, and it was Mike Williams changed his story, now wants to be a Buffalo Bill, semicolon Doug Marone annoyed. <laughs> so, that was, was a
0: very poetic narrative you just set yeah. up. But wait, Bill, th- there's an actual reason he was benched?
2: Yeah, now, so this gets deep, by the way, into the comments section of, uh, of, the, of the post talking about the Mike Williams situation. So somebody's brother sat next to a guy on the bus who goes to Kyle Orton's barber. And yeah, they... I mean, but it didn't seem like one of those. Like, it, it, it honestly, it, it sounded like an honest portrayal. Like, this dude like didn't have any reason to be making this up, right? But that Mike Williams and a bunch of his boys were partying at the casino on, uh, I think it was Saturday, on Saturday night, and, like, all the way through the night. Right. And then they were like asked to like quiet down and his boy, this guy like whatever, like in the comments like It was his mama. His boy was like trying he was he was like head of head of security and he like was texting him. He was like, Yo, dude, like Mike Williams is here. Wait, and, was texting you? No, he was texting this guy. Ah, right. This anonymous gentleman on the anonymous internet. Anonymous gentleman on the internet. But no, I mean he was basically like saying like yeah, they were told like be quiet. Um Were they? You know, in their no, they were just like out on like the casino. Why like, were they
0: told to be quiet on the casino floor?
2: Because they were being like real, real like obnoxious. Obnoxious. Well, wasn't this
0: the biggest fear with him coming back to Buffalo is that he'd get back in with his ilk?
2: Yes. I like the word ilk. Yeah. Because he's got all of his boys and
1: yeah, he's, and he's got some. He's got and some. And he's got some bad, issues with staying out of
2: trouble. I mean, I totally when I re- when I was when I was reading it, I was like, because you know, I poke holes and everything, right? But I'm like, huh, yeah. That actually is, didn't is find a very feasible story. Time.
1: Yeah. And he was probably hung over the next day, pissed off, then started tweeting all this nonsense, calling his agent, acting crazy, then got over his hangover and was like, oh, dear God, what but have my, I done? Okay, so
0: my question is, so who replaced him on the roster? So, because Lee Smith has Chris been... Chris Gregg? No, because Lee Smith and Chris Gregg have both been active when he Scott is... Scott Chandler.
1: No, they had some... Chris Hogan. Third tight end. Oh,
0: uh, no. They had a
1: third tight end, Chris and Hogan they
2: had the... Is. No, three, three tight ends is Chandler, Smith, and Greg. It was Chris Hogan, or uh, uh, or, or Gay. No, Gay's, no, been, no, active gay's been active every game.
1: So, God, I can't remember. They said some... No, the backup safety... No, there was cool, another... Right? There
0: was like a Dean. Number yeah. 54, Dean, was in there. Right. Was some so my person. question is, who's more, a sh- who's more a valuable? Teams. A potentially hungover Mike Williams, who's a grown-ass man and can make up his own decisions about what he does the night before... Or a player that I, I said out loud to Jackie, I've never even heard of that guy. It was and Dean. And he got 54. a penalty, right? Did there was some
1: guy So my like, Larry Dean. Yeah, Larry but Dean. The rest of who, his
2: teammates aren't going out and getting fucked up over like, you know, the number games. Yeah, but, four game, yeah, so. but this Pirates, isn't high school so ball. You understand man. what I'm saying? Like they're all kind
0: of like whatever, Mike, yeah, it's yeah. you know, but if he comes and plays well, okay. You know, it's it's kind of annoying and maybe the coach calls him aside and says, You can't do that to Bush League to your teammates but
1: well, here's the thing. I, hungover Mike Williams can still catch the one to two passes that gets targeted to him. Yeah. A game. So, what Packett. So who would I replace? Is going to be Mike Williams' boy?
2: No. The security guard? No. No. It's going to be none not of the things. For some reason, uh, the first name that pops in my mind Wait, is can I stop Fred, you ja- and, and Fred Jackson's a wife. I kept thinking of her, what? too, but I don't know why. I don't know why, either, because they are like a nice couple. Yeah, and, like, and I think they've got like a nice
1: family, but And she gets him ready for every game. Wait, why wait, so what was the rationale be wanting to get rid of her? I think no, there I don't even have a rationale.
0: How more hungry do you think Freddy would be though if he was a lone wolf?
1: Yeah, but then Fred, you know, oh. Freddie wouldn't have stayed as a bill. Freddie would have been trying to like go somewhere else because he would have had all this trying attitude. Get all up in. He would have been yeah, like, I'm, you know, something. I'm not going to be a good teammate. I'm just going to, you know, I want to get mine. Wow. I, I've proven myself. You really, I'm you really out. just sold Fred Jackson up the river. If he's not getting laid, he's angry. Yeah, he's in <laughs> okay. Right, he's, 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 like, like, he's a, have, now he's a satisfied family man who knows how to be a veteran and a good role model to you know his other teammates, his younger teammates. But if he's, like, this single dude that's, you know, potentially not getting any or getting, you know, only getting strippers over at Sunday. to go to the casino until yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah, go exactly. You know, he's not going to be as centered as he is. Well, this is Bills and Beers. Uh,
0: we've talked quite a bit about the Bills. And uh, Bill Belcher was uh, was gen- generous enough to grace us with some fine beers this evening. So, Bill, why don't you take it away? I think
2: these are all from the, um, are they all no, from the all, same? No, or they're no, all different. No, they're all random. This one is a—it's uh, called the Hop Hopmana Hebrew, the chosen beer, which I like to say I'm the chosen one, so uh, that makes sense.
1: Now, is, is the Hebrew brewery, is that all kosher beer? No, I don't think it's beers. a kosher
2: schmaltz brewery in Clifton Park, New York. Does anyone know where Clifton Park is?
1: Anyone in Clifton Park, go ahead and call in. If we have our... (laughs) (laughs) Call in. We gotta get a phone line. Who
2: calls in? We gotta get a a a phone line on a a podcast. Guys, I was at Carrie's uh, parents' place and found out, by the way, that this is very interesting. Carrie used to listen... To uh, baseball, the Brewers baseball games, in yeah. order to fall asleep at night.
0: That's nice. Yeah, on that's the very, radio. that's very charming. It's very, very, very nice. But wait, she has relatives that call into Sports Talk.
2: No, we were we were trying to listen to, we we're trying to tune into whatever game, uh, one of the baseball games was on. I don't know if it was the Giants or whether it was the, it was the uh, Orioles and the uh, and the Royals. But we ended ended up being some like fantasy. Um, Radio, fan, fantasy sports, like, radio show, right? So, like, these guys were calling in and being like, so, uh, all right, man, do I, so who, who do I start? Do I start, uh, uh, Reggie Bush? Or do I flex, you know, the, what's that guy's name for the Jaguars, a running back, uh, you know, what's his name again? And it's like, who are, who who are you? Yeah. Why are you making this phone call? Like
0: Yeah. And here's the thing though. About fantasy football. But what but at which 10 is ten PM at night. Which is a very fair question. But you're not even considering the fact that they waited on hold for twenty five minutes to ask that bullshit question. Which is absolutely the case. Uh, I am drinking from the Grand Teton Brewing Company, uh, the Sweetgrass American Pale Ale. Also nice. Quite quite nice. Yeah. And, and uh, Suge went with the classic uh, Le Bat Blue, of course.
1: Earlier, earlier during the podcast, I was drinking a white IPA. Uh, from the I, good folks at New Belgium. From, yeah, I can't say I recommend it. No? no, no, it's it's a and it, I'm an IPA person. I I mean I love IPAs. In fact, I like IPAs so much. Yeah, that one, that that grown one was, IPA le- fatigue, was a winter seasonal.
2: It was left over from last winter. Yeah, so. there's a reason yeah, it was still so in the yeah. fridge. <laughs> all right, so that was a
1: little skunked,
2: but um,
1: yeah, so good times. So uh, it's if over you, by Schenectady, if, Cl- if Clif- if Clifton you're, Park.
0: If you're over 21, uh, we recommend all of the aforementioned labels. If you're under 21, ask your parents first. Sooj, we're gonna start with you this week. Give us your best case and worst case scenario for Sunday's outcome. Uh, Worst case
1: scenario is Bills 12. Don't ask me how we got to 12. Um, Four field goals. No, it's actually not good. It's going to be that uh, our defense actually got a safety. Um, And um, and also scored a pick six. And all the offense could do was uh, a field goal. Um, and then Minnesota would have 17. Something that we definitely should have been able to to, to, to stop. Mm. Um, So a reprise of the Houston game. Yeah. Um, and best case scenario is we win 38 to 10. Okay. Bill. I just think that our offense clicks and our defense clicks. The way it should, fuckers. <sighs> uh, best case scenario,
2: we win the game 35 to, uh... To uh, fourteen. Mm-hmm. um Worst case scenario, oh, we lose the game
0: twenty-eight to ten. Sue, you brought up the debacle last year in Tampa Bay, and that's now bouncing around in my mind. And I think that would be the worst case scenario. This week, we just don't answer the call and are completely out of sync. No, and. Well, we gave up what the second play from scrimmage in that game was an 80-yard run for <laughs> yeah. a touchdown. I mean, I mean, it, it could be a day like that. That that I think would be worst case scenario. Uh, but even in spite of all that, it's still a winnable game, and we end up losing like uh, 28 to 20. Uh, best case scenario, I'm with you guys. We blow these guys out, um, and I think they don't even get a touchdown. Hold them to nine points, um, and we score in the 30s. So we'll say 33-9 as the best case scenario.
1: And I, I will say the other secondary worst case um, is that especially after the pain that I went through watching the Patriots game is that I'm forced to sit through a 6 to 9 game. Oh. That type of thing. And just a uh, but I'll tell you one thing I'm leaving with 8 minutes left. I am not yelling at nobody. It's <laughs> Hey, well be I'll very... be
0: I'll be with you guys on Sunday. So, All right, so I don't know the... if we'll have a full house or I don't know if the cast is going to be there or what, but I'm...
1: I think cast might be out, but either way uh, you get to replace the dud that Bill brought last week. No, I'm just kidding. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. Well, this will be my first. He was game spending of- a little too much time talking to other people, not paying attention to the game. But that's all right. This will be well, my least first he wasn't game running back his since
2: mouth at, uh, at college.
1: college, college girls. Hey, they were rooting for the damn Dolphins and the Jets as we lost.
0: Billsandbeers.com is the best way to find us. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation. Uh, looking forward to a great game this week. Getting back on the winning way, getting back on the winning side of the ledger with a record of three and two, uh, with an opportunity to wait, is that right? No, no, four, no and four and three. three. Excuse me, four and three. Uh, with an opportunity to go to five and three before the bye, which would be very sweet. Uh, on behalf of the entire Bills Beers crew, Cassie Hutton, the long-forgotten Jeff Day, Bill Belcher, and Sujit, I'm Lars, go Bills. Go
2: Bills. hey, 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 let's go! Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! Let's go, Buffalo! The bills make me wanna shout!